0: Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company. We're a movement of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to evangelize our culture. And we're so pumped you're here. I can't lie. It feels like yesterday that we were kicking off the Love Good podcast. About a year later, we kicked off season two with co-host Alana Boudreaux. Season three is when we began having regular contributors like Dr. Ryan Hanning and, of course, Father Ryan Adorjan. And most recently in this season, we've had one of my favorite contributors, one of my favorite people, let's be honest, in the Love Good universe. And that is... Wonder Woman Marisol Alicea. I I don't know if she likes being called Wonder Woman. I'm assuming, I'm hoping that's a a high compliment because she does have some serious superhero status in my mind because as many of you know, I, I moved down to Tampa this past summer and that was to take on a brand new job, very unexpected, very exciting in full-time campus ministry at Jesuit high school. It's an all boys Catholic high school down here. And that means that my time with Lovegood has been largely the podcast. It's been, you know, a lot of our social media marketing. It's been very much things that only require about 10 to 15 hours a week. Whereas Marisol, she has been as close to full-time as anybody, all right? Pouring her heart into this mission. And today we get to sit down and talk about one of our favorite topics ever which is evangelization. I mean, you probably know this about both of us, but we're very fired up about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing we want more than to bring people to him. We just happen to believe that beauty is one of the most powerful ways to do it. It's frankly the best entry point, especially in our post-Christian culture. And that's what Love Good is all about. That's what it's all about. And today, Marisol and I really break down what it means to incorporate story into the work of evangelization. And most importantly our own story, which is what we call a testimony. So all that to say, enjoy this conversation. It's the last episode of season five. And in just a moment, I'll sit down with Marisol live in the Love Good studio. But until then, I say live, it's all pre-recorded, let's be honest. But it feels live. It's not like we go through and edit a bunch, maybe a little bit. Sometimes crazy things happen. Like we've had people bring in babies onto the podcast and let's just say that baby started making some some real uncomfortable noises, all right? We've cut out things like that. But all that to say, these conversations are happening as live as they can be. And I'm really excited that this is our last one with Marisol to wrap up season five. Beautiful way to land the plan on season five. For now, enjoy this song by Ben Wagner. It's from our Fireside Sessions. It's called Broken In.
1: So your first love wasn't perfect, and neither was your second But you got stories to tell and lots of lessons not to mention. Old pictures, ace liquor, vinyl records, and ripped jeans. Well, people want to see the things
0: that have seen something. So baby, take
1: that thing and show it.
0: Crystal, welcome back. Hi, Jimmy. Really good to see you, to be with you.
1: Happy summertime.
0: How are you really surviving Nashville without me, right? It's gotta be
1: hard. <laughs> it's very
0: sad. <laughs> D like, it's so wonderful. Well, I mean, <laughs> I just
1: like that I have the whole office to myself, <laughs> but that's the only part that's good.
0: You are on the throne, the love good throne it's every nice.
1: day. I have a choice of whichever computer I feel like yeah, using. you are
0: a true queen.
1: The true queen Can you tell, tell the world
0: about, about our fat, true queen? Be fat fib. Be fat fib. Be Be fib fat, be fab fit, be tell us everything.
1: (laughs) Okay, so uh, a few years ago, a dear friend named Mary Frayne (laughs) invited me to go to a essentially it's a woman's empowerment workout class, (laughs) but okay, like it's a really beautiful experience. Is at the local community center, and I tell you, there are women. Of all shapes and sizes, all walks of life, (laughs) all cultures. It's, no, I'm not kidding. Like, it's beautiful. There's like women working out with their babies in their hands. I love that. There's like little girls. There's women who come in in walkers. I kid you not, I'm not exaggerating there. There's college students, like every, all these women just come together. And we start off every class by raising our right hand and saying, I am a queen. I am a true queen. I respect myself and no one will disrespect me and it's yeah it's really fun and then we at the end of every class they play the song I'm every woman uh-huh. and each person individually catwalks in front of everybody that's
0: amazing that's amazing and so
1: it's quite the experience I haven't been in a while but we talk about it all the time because it's 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 quite the experience
0: I mean it just sounds kind of like your average you know workout everyday experience right
1: <laughs> Maybe. nothing like
0: it I mean I got no. a lot of really good friends into CrossFit I cannot <laughs> imagine what they would do if they walked in. I I do CrossFit Okay, imagine a dude he used to CrossFit. <laughs> <Okay>. even just <laughs> no. Witnessing I'm that not firsthand. saying that
1: this is like an intense workout by any stretch of the imagination. It's really a workout for the soul.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, speaking of workouts for the soul, maybe even for the intellect, our conversations these last, these last few months in the podcast they have they've been quite a workout.
1: Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been fun. We've had a
0: lot of different things we talked about. We talked about movies, social media. We began this entire season talking about. Really, where Love Good came from? Yeah, kind of the joy of of seeing the the newness of what God is really calling us to moving forward. I would love to talk about one of the threads that have really united Love Good and our artists, our patrons from day one, mm-hmm. and that is the thread of storytelling. I don't know that I knew this early on, but even the way that I've loved the intimacy of acoustic concerts because of the way that singer songwriters can tell stories. In between songs, the ways that I have loved getting to know patrons over long periods of time where you're in their homes and you're really journeying with their families. It's about hearing their stories and being a part of their story, you know? This is something we really became very, very cognizant of back in 2017 when we completely rebranded and we wanted Mm -hmm. to have this kind of storytelling theme built And even to our marketing and our messaging, we wanted to make it very, very clear that anybody could go on a story, a journey, an adventure with Lovegood that would ultimately take you from, as we said a couple months ago, the sort of passive consumerism to intentional curating and then ultimately to this sort of powerful patronage, right, Mm -hmm. that steps out into the world and says, we're we're, we're not going to wait for someone else to fund the art museums and the symphony halls, right? And the libraries, we're going to do it ourselves, even if that begins by simply doing it within our own homes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty exciting to think of that journey that all of us can go on. When Father Ryan Adorjan comes to town, whenever he comes to Nashville, he always kind of we forgets- We by the way. We do love Father Ryan. He'll be back soon, maybe for a bonus series, maybe season six of the, the podcast. There's so many possibilities.
1: Only time will tell. Yeah,
0: actually, by the time this podcast releases, I promise you we will know.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely we know. We
0: will know, and I'm really, really excited about that, so stay tuned. But whenever Father Ryan comes into this studio, or whenever he goes into my home upstairs, he always says something like, ah, oh, good good on you, Jimmy. This is a home, you mm. know? And it's, I think, you know, I take that as a really, really high compliment from him, but I think you can look around and recognize the opportunity in our own lives to, to bring beauty to the forefront of how we live of the homes yeah. that we, you know, furnish and decorate. The, again, of course, the music that we listen to, the books that we read, not just the books that we buy and put on a bookshelf to impress our friends, but the books that shape how we see the world, right? Yeah. Again, one such book, one such author, Michael D. O'Brien. Of course. This is the third time he's appeared on the podcast. The I first, think it's
1: been more than that.
0: Maybe he's in reference, but I, I've only read from him okay. maybe one or two other times. I guess it was about six, seven weeks ago, you and I sat down and we... Talked about the spiritus mundi, the mm-hmm. spirit of the world. Well, the okay, that, that
1: threw his television, that and was about, bottles.
0: exactly that's about halfway through this book. Is that whole account of the yeah. priest throwing out the television and dousing it with alcohol and then throwing it all up in flames? Pretty epic stuff when you think about being a sign of contradiction. And again, I think especially in the love good context, most of us are probably not being called to throw out the television off the roof of our homes. Mm-hmm more likely we're called to put it in the closet and to have these like highly disciplined engagements with culture that actually could lead to the transformation of that culture, right? All that being said, there's a whole nother moment in this book long before the throwing out of the television (laughs) where Michael D. O'Brien has another character who also happens to be a priest, a very, very, very old monkish sort of priest named Mm -hmm. Father Andre.
1: We love our monkish priests. And
0: at one point he is being very much led to help this kid who's essentially an orphan but doesn't know it yet find home and find really his extended family at this point both his mom and his dad have have died but he doesn't know that yet and they're sitting on the top of like a like a schooner like a a a boat okay say that right and they're heading up towards northern canada it's beautiful beautiful stuff even the way that Michael D. O'Brien like describes the night sky. You're just, you're really in this moment. And there's this like seven-year-old kid and this like 85-year-old priest having this conversation because neither of them can sleep that night. And before you know it, like the kid is asking all of the right questions about what it really means to be human. Like, where did I come from and where am I going? Honestly, I'm saying he's seven. He's gotta be at least nine because this is a pretty beautiful conversation that you probably gotta be at least nine to be able to have. And at one point, the priest kind of thinks to himself the following, he says, a tale is the form through which the true story is passed on, he thought. Who better to understand it than a child? Like literally the child approaches Father Andre and says, tell me the whole story. Like basically tell me salvation history in a nutshell. You know, tell me Mm -hmm. how things came to be and and why, you know, you are who you are, Mm -hmm. right? Pretty Amazing, unadulterated question from a, from a nine-year-old. And then Father Andre at one point is a bit skeptical. He's like, How could I, how could I do this? Basically, like tell the whole story to a kid who basically grew up in a commune, a drug commune, and has been exposed to all kinds of yeah. like wicked, evil yeah. spirits. It's a really, really crazy start to this book. Really, really dark stuff. But this kid has come out of that and is kind of being led towards his own redemption. Suddenly, again, the power of beauty and the power of a witness you know, on the other side of this little boat is inviting him, eliciting within him all the right questions. Mm -hmm. So Father Andre begins, he says, well, in the beginning, there was the father. He loved with an everlasting love. Into his hand, he placed a thought, the most beautiful thought he could imagine. It was a sphere of swirling stars of radiant colors and warmth, which was the heat of his heart. He touched the sphere and a star was born from it. And he touched the star and a planet was born from it. He touched the earth and a garden was formed in it. He touched the garden and a man and a woman were formed in it. And it was good. The boy asks, well, who were the man and the woman? And then Andre says, well, they were a mother and a father. Adam and Eve were their names. And then Andre sighed. Now the difficult part, the fall, the rupture of the perfect sphere, the fissure in the garden wall, the lie, the corruption, the mystery of iniquity. So the boy asks, were they happy? And Andre says, yes, for a time, but a serpent came into the garden and tried to destroy it. And the boy asks, well, where did the serpent come from? And Andre answers, from from beyond the stars. He was from the spirit world, like a giant, though he too was only a creature. The boy asks, was he pretend? Andre responded, he was real, though invisible. He hated what the father had made. And the boy said, why did he hate it? I'll close with this. Andre says, because the father had done a marvel in the garden that amazed all the spirits whom he had made, he told them that he planned to go down into the garden and walk with the first mother and the first father and that he would be their friends. Because the serpent was very great and he thought the father had made a mistake. So the father became like the creatures made of flesh and blood then the serpent would have to bow before him in the form of mud. He didn't like that. He was very proud. He goes on to tell the entire story of salvation history, obviously in this very like beautiful, artistic, childlike way. Oh, By the end of it, this little boy has to be baptized. Oh my goodness. And Andre's goodness. like, oh, I, mean, I mean, can I really do this right here, right now? I'm never gonna see this kid again. There's no godparents. How are we gonna really pull this off? And then he realizes, hang on a second, like this is the moment of salvation for yeah. this kid. And he's a priest for crying out loud. So what does he do? He, he baptizes mm-hmm. him, right? And so right there in that moment in this like, beautiful personal late night artistic retelling of the gospel this very very old grandfatherly type priest who by the way was also in this book a world war ii survivor Mm. had been in a concentration camp for years right wow you can just like see apparently even like in his eyes you can see the suffering he's been through you know certainly you can see it in his skin and his body and this little boy here's the story, the greatest story ever told, the story of salvation history, and says, I'm in. I, I want it. And I always forget the power. Again, the power of stories. So and this is obviously God's MO. Yeah. You know, He's the greatest storyteller of all kind. That is so different from the kind of street corner preaching we often associate with evangelization mm-hmm. or, or proselytizing, you know. I would say in some ways you gotta ask yourself the question like how much do you really have to hate people to not evangelize them? Yeah. And then to not evangelize them well. Yeah. And I think if you don't wrap your story into that, if you don't learn how to tell the story of God's love for you, forget about it. There's no chance, you know. I think artists, songwriters, authors do this very, very naturally. What does it look like for us? Kind of the the everyday person out there on planet Earth. What do you think?
1: I have a really funny story, actually. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. This literally happened yesterday.
0: What did you think of Michael Are well, you Are you becoming more convinced?
1: I'm sitting here thinking, I, I want to read the entire series Oh my gosh, tomorrow. it's so good. <laughs> yeah.
0: How but, was my rereading of it? It was beautiful. Not bad, okay. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so this happened to me literally yesterday. So I, we just talked about CrossFit. I have been going to CrossFit and I love CrossFit. And my one of my coaches, he always has us do these like, Icebreaker things during a warm up. So you have to whole, like ask us a question. And he asked, What your what's your favorite holiday tradition? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I want to say it's Christmas Mass, but like no one here like knows that I'm like Christian or religious. Like I don't want to like be weird. I don't know. I'm really wrestling with this. He finally gets to me and I just said, like, oh, I really like my church service I go to at Christmas. And he's like, Oh, really? Like, when do you normally go? And I kind of was like, uh, midnight. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, midnight mass, really cool. And then not even ten minutes later, he's asking me like, "Do you ever like do you so do you ever wonder like what forever means?" Like sometimes I freak out because I'm like, mm. "What if after I die, I have an eternal soul?" Like he's suddenly asking me all these like really really deep questions because I mean he, at this point he knew I was a Catholic. Yeah. At this point he knew that I like cared about these things and I don't know if he had anyone else in his life that he felt like he could talk to these like about these things. Yeah. And it was crazy because I mean I honestly didn't really say much to him. I just like told him my experience, told him a little bit of my story, like, what, like, why I'm not afraid of forever. Mm. And, but, when I, like, when I sin, I am, because I I know I need redemption, and explaining this to him, and it was like, this incredible conversation, that really just, like, I definitely didn't initiate it, but Mm. it just came from, like, me just like being honest about my own life.
0: I love this. Why I'm not afraid of forever. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously the power of a testimony, you know, the power of a, of a life well lived and then, you know, articulated yeah. to the best of our ability, but it comes with like tremendous drama.
1: Yeah. And Ups he, and downs. People like the other thing too, is you have no idea what the, like when you're living your life in an authentically holy way, like people notice and people want that. Mm. And I'm, I'm sure this priest, it wasn't just the, what he said, but the way he lived his life and. Yeah, I have another story too, if that's okay.
0: Let me hear you in a second, because I think what you now just tapped back into is this need for integrity.
1: Yes, So So, the word
0: that you proclaim is the word that you mm-hmm. live. In the case of Jesus, it was also the word that he was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? The word spoke. The word who was the word spoke a word, and yeah. that word was eternal life, and it was salvation, and it was the Father's love. So, like in Jesus, there was this radical integrity. Yeah like that's why he spoke with authority and people were astonished they yeah. would marvel at his words i do think that if he was serious about saying we could do even greater things mm. that's some of the greater things he's calling us to is to is to let our witness and therefore our words captivate convict proclaim right yeah so that the world is yet again brought to their knees before the the, the miracle of God among us, yeah. of God's salvation in his son, Jesus. You know, yeah. This is, again, the power of evangelization through story. Tell, tell us really? another story.
1: Well, and I'm sure you have tons of stories like this too, but this is particularly crazy because I was looking to buy a car. I think I might've told you this before. I was looking to buy a car, so I was gonna go to CarMax and I kind of already knew where I was buying my car from, but for some reason I was like, I just need to go to CarMax and see what they have there. So I started talking to this car, what's it called, car salesman? Yeah. And he's about my age. And he asked, like, he, you know, car salesman. They like try to like become your best friend, find all these things in common. So he's asked me all these different things about my job and my career path and all these different things. Somehow it came up that I was Catholic, and he asked me like a really point—I don't remember what it was—pointed like specific question about the Catholic Church that I was like, "Where did that come from?" And I asked him like, "Where did that come from?" I'm, like, "Why are you asking that?" And he was like, kind of like got embarrassed. <laughs> and, like the whole tone of the conversation completely changed. Wow. And he just goes like, "Well, I like." Actually, been doing a lot of research on the Catholic Church lately, and so then he proceeds to tell me this story about how he was he was raised Muslim, but then by the time he was about ten, his parents kind of stopped practicing and they didn't practice anything. And he always like wanted a religion. He like always wanted mm. to worship God, didn't really know how. And his best friend, who was his next door neighbor, they were both eleven when they met. I think his best friend was like devout Catholic. His family was very Catholic, and their whole life he watched his best friend grow up. He watched his best friend go to college. And on the day that I was talking to this guy, two weeks prior, this friend had gotten married to, I think his high school sweetheart. And they got married at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, DC. And it was a beautiful, like high Latin mass. And he was said, this guy I was talking to was telling me, I'm standing on the altar as his best man. I'm standing there on the altar, crying my eyes out because I'm recognizing that the way he's lived his life, the way he's lived his relationship, it's the only way to live. Wow. And he said, for 10, 15 years, I've been watching this guy live his faith. And his friend was always happy to share it with him when he asked. But he didn't, like, it wasn't until that moment that he was standing on the altar, like, during this beautiful mass that he realized, like, I need... I need this church. Like I need Jesus. Mm. I need to live the way my friend is living. And he like, so at this point, as I'm talking to this guy, he had not told anyone this story wow, because it had happened two weeks prior. His friend was on his honeymoon. Like he <laughs> was just like at home Googling things. And I'm telling him, like I'm giving him phone numbers for priests. Like you, like, you need to tap into this. You need to dig into like what's happening in your heart because this is beautiful. But like, I've always thought back on that story and thought like, you never know who is going to be moved by the story of your life. Mm. And when that happens, you need to be ready that's to like right. speak into their lives. You need to be ready to, to accompany them. It's not just like, that's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of a much more beautiful story. Mm. But we like we need to be living these authentically holy lives and we need to be willing to preach the gospel when people are ready to hear it.
0: That's right. And that takes again, that spirit of discernment, right? Yes, to know absolutely. when the time is right. Absolutely. And when the, the, the crack in someone's heart is just open enough. And I will say this, err on the side of boldness, right? Especially in these times, we're living in a time where people are actually ready for boldness. Yeah. Nobody wants watered down anything. And I, I would say this has been a, a move, a direction that, you know, uh, Love Good has been <laughs> yeah. taking for quite some time is more and more kind of pulling back the veil, the mystery and the, the subtlety of how we do things and really letting people know what is it that inspires the music and the books and the art that we curate, this vision of of beauty changing the world. Well, it's ultimately the beauty of God's love. absolutely. And oh, by the way, that love is found on a cross, right? And that changes everything once you appropriate it for your own life. Yeah. And again, that's where your story begins unfolding. And that's where I think true evangelization begins. Yes. I'll close with a story and then Please we'll do. sign off for season five. Hard to <laughs> believe. Again, another one of my students at Jesuit High School down in Tampa, Florida, the one I told you a long story about over lunch one day, big, big, big troublemaker who suddenly was like in campus ministry every other day. We couldn't keep him out. And I just began to recognize this this kid is like really cool, really normal. He's athletic, but he's like going to daily mass. Mm. And he's challenging himself to read through the entirety of the New Testament over the course of like a month, you know? Mm. He's inspiring all of his friends to like take their relationships deeper, you know? Mm. Like they went from the the cutting it up sort of at every lunch to sort of suddenly wanting to be in campus ministry every day for lunch because they wanted to have more intentional conversations about the stuff that really mattered. They're suddenly holding each other accountable in areas like purity and chastity. They're all like suddenly really, really open to God's will and they're discerning their vocations for the first time and really beautiful transformation. And I bring it up because this one kid that I'm referencing in particular, the one who I'd say is a pretty big leader amongst his friends, said, like, Mr. Mitchell, as I'm called, <laughs>
1: <at> <laughs> Mr. Jesuit,
0: Mitchell. <laughs> Mr. Mitchell, how, how can I help you do what you do more? Like, how oh. can I be more involved with with chemist ministry? How can I basically spend every lunch period in here possible? And I said, well, you know, I've got these discipleship groups, you're part of one of them, you help, me lead one of them, but I've got nine others that meet every single week. Well, why don't you start popping in whenever you're free? And we'll, we'll especially get you telling your story, your testimony in front of these freshmen, the ones that I always am going to have a harder time reeling really yeah. in initially and getting them on board and getting them kind of at a place of depth and vulnerability. I was like, all right, well, let me get this really cool 16-year-old junior to lead that charge. And I'm not kidding. Every single time I've tried to start a new discipleship group on campus all I really have to do is get the guys in the door because we have air conditioning and nice leather seats, you know, and it's a really cool atmosphere compared to the cafeteria, mm-hmm. you know. And then I got to get Lewis there
1: because
0: yeah. Lewis is going to get them coming back. yeah. And all Lewis has to do is take 10 minutes to share his story, mm. his testimony, which, oh, by the way, has now led him into the church mm. to where it's now like a big joke amongst his friends, you know, are you, are you going to be a priest, yeah. you know? the the kid that couldn't stay out of trouble in the fall is now well on his way to just this beautiful integrated life that just naturally and maybe supernaturally inspires everybody who encounters him. That's pretty epic stuff. You cannot underestimate the power of your story to evangelize culture.
1: Absolutely. uh, And
0: the beauty that you bring into the world that nobody else can bring into it. That's true for all of us. And don't um, be
1: afraid to share your story. That's right. And if you're a little apprehensive, that's a good sign.
0: Keep going. I totally, totally agree with that. Yeah. Final word, Marisol, anything on your mind as we wrap up season five of the Love Good Podcast? Season five? That's so crazy.
1: Well, we love you patrons. We love our podcast listeners. Thank you guys so much for making this possible.
0: It's ridiculous we get to call this work. We're over here having this conversation. I mean, come on. It's crazy. This is great.
1: And thank you for having me on the podcast. I hope everybody enjoys it. If you have any tips on how I can get better, send me an email.
0: (laughs) Yes. We always want to be serving you guys better and better. Again, yeah, massive thanks to everybody. Patrons, listeners, family, friends. Michael D. O'Brien, if you're listening. Michael D. (laughs) O'Brien. While we're at it. (laughs) Such a joy. Well, Marisol, thank you for everything. Have an amazing continuation of your summer. Absolutely. And we'll see you soon. See you soon. Peace. For three years I begged her to be mine. I was sure she was smitten. For three years she denied. It was a hard road, it's true, but it led me to. And you light up my world like a full moon in war, with the stars for attention, my sweet ignore. I'll teach you all that I know, but I want you no more, you're my angel, my darling, my sweet Eleanor, you're my angel, my darling, my sweet Eleanor. You're listening to Sweet Eleanor by Kevin Hyder from our Fireside Sessions. If you've not been catching all of these incredible live music videos that we've been releasing two a week actually, then you gotta go to youtube.com slash lovegoodculture. Really amazing stuff. Twice a week we're releasing live music from our Fireside Sessions again back in Nashville. Really great stuff. And what a wonderful way to close out season five of the podcast. Massive thanks to Marisol for all of her hard work behind the scenes, but also these always inspiring, insightful conversations that we have in the podcast as well. So, lots of big stuff coming, y'all. Lots of really big stuff coming. We're about to make some of the biggest announcements we've ever made. I can't tell you much right now because so much of it is still very much in the works, but by the end of July, we'll probably have made our biggest announcement ever, okay? And that will be followed up in September by our biggest announcement ever, okay they're just going to keep getting bigger because some really exciting things are happening and we can't wait to tell you guys about it first so all that to say stay tuned and know that next week uh, we're not taking a break we're jumping straight into another bonus series this time with Father Ryan Adorjan it's going to be a 4 week series 4 weeks in a row where Father Ryan and I sit down and talk about C.S. Lewis okay our favorite C.S. Lewis books of all time we'll be sharing excerpts we'll be sharing insights Everything from The Weight of Glory, The Four Loves, and The Great Divorce, to his, in some ways, his most popular and most important work, Mere Christianity, as well as Chronicles of Narnia. I hope you're as excited about it as I am. There's nothing more joyful for me than sitting down with Father Ryan Adorjan. We'll be kicking it. It's a summertime kind of bonus series. We'll probably be sipping on sweet tea. We might even pull out cigars at some point. In the meantime, I hope you guys are having an amazing start to your summer. So tune in next week. And as always, massive thanks for listening. Massive thanks to our patrons for all of your support. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Love Good Podcast. Share this episode link on social media. Leave us a review and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. You'll start enjoying our premium content and seasonal packages that not only raise your standard for music, books, and art, but that also inspire you to evangelize culture through beauty. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.